0: G'day, you noble knights and you peasants out there. It is Coach here. I hope you're all doing well. It is Halloween, so if the door knocks and the dog barks, you know kids are trick-or-treating, but it is no grand delusion here. I am here with Will Hayes, who's going to be talking to me a little bit about Flesh Eater Courts and how they are going in third edition, because I haven't seen a lot of them on the table. I saw Will, I've been watching Will very closely in the American circuit, so he's joining us at four o'clock in the morning for this mad lad. He's probably thinking it's like a, a beach holiday in, in his grand court, but um, you've been doing pretty well, man. You've been, I've been watching you on the tournament scene and you've been doing well with an army that not a lot of people are talking about, so I'm going to pick your brains, but before we get into that, g'day, welcome, let the people know who you are and um, do your intro awesome
1: well i appreciate it uh so i'm will hayes i'm uh from maine which is in america been playing flesh Court courts since early 2.0 uh pretty much when the codex dropped in 2019 i was pretty heavily uh into bretonia in fantasy i had a bretonian army for uh sigmar when F- sigmar first dropped uh so i was really uh, it was unfortunate when they moved that to legend so i was looking for another avenue to kind of uh play that theme of the the courtly uh the noble knights uh, and then Led me right into Fleshier Courts, so I uh, picked that up in 2.0. Went to uh, a bunch of events with them, but trying to been refining my list since then. Uh, towards the end of 2.0, uh, they were doing in, in a pretty good spot. Uh, they had some tough matchups. Gargans didn't help. Uh, Archeon uh, didn't help at all. Uh, but I think they're in a, a decent spot in 3.0. They definitely have some opportunities, uh, but they're, we're still trying to feel, feel that out right now.
0: And big love to 3D6 Wargaming, which is obviously your games club. You go and lots of representation there. You, you make some really good points even just to kick things off. Like when I, because, uh, you know, I've, I've been in lockdown. I'm, I'm out of lockdown now. Happy days. Great success. Um, but, you know, I was living vicariously through America and England, you know, looking at the tournament scene. And all, all countries, like Poland's had some awesome events. You know, a, whole, a lot of these countries are having events. And I'm not seeing a lot of flesh eater courts in those top 10s. Um, you know, very you know, you're a three and two, two and three kind of yep. average army, and I don't know if people just aren't running them because I'm not seeing a lot of people actually running flesh eater courts, and they've gone through a lot of changes. Like, Will, you and I were talking before we went live, flesh eater courts are in a really interesting spot because you know, let's 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 you know, take a look at this, right? So, if you run a lot of ghouls, you lost ghoul patrol, which was a battalion that was. was was staple for, for ghouls you don't have a lot of rend, you don't have a lot of mortal wounds you have a lot of speed but the board has shrunk like it's, it, it's interesting because yeah. I'm like, where, where do flesh eater courts kind of sit?
1: So I think if you it's really interesting actually in 3.0 I think there's a lot more uh, I think a flesh eater course in 3.0 is a scalpel so you mentioned the mortal wounds i think mortal wounds is so important because this army doesn't have a lot of rends most severe attacks are rend zero uh some of them are rend one very very few rend higher than one in this army but you do have some mortal wounds uh so you have uh flares uh which still do the mortal wounds on a six to hit they have four attacks each so there's some mortal wound output there you also of course have the terror guys um they have their uh gruesome bite or their uh, Deathly Maul, right, which is the flat six mortal wounds on unmodified yes. roll six to hit. Uh, the other place that you have mortal wounds, and this is where I was trying to go towards the tail end a second, is you have their screams. So the only range attacks that Fleshier records have is either breath attacks from a zombie dragon or screams from the Terrorgeist and Flayers. And those screams are bravery-based attacks. Um, so, for example, on the Terrorgeist, uh, it has a, a range of, I think, ten. Uh, basically, you take the enemy's bravery. If you're there at full, uh, if you're at full life, you add roll a D- d6, add six to it. The difference between that roll and the enemy's bravery is a, the number of mortal wounds they take at range. Flayers have a similar attack, but if you're outside of three inches, it's minus two to that roll. Mm. So there's a lot of play with ranged mortal wounds, especially against low bravery armies.
0: And, and unfortunately, like, like that, like how many high bravery armies are we currently? You know, chaos is running, running right. riot. There's a lot of death running around with, uh, you know, Soul Blight and OBR. So that was always like one of my challenges because I love flayers, and yep. I don't want to get into the weeds too much just yet. But I thought I wanted to set the scene with flesh eater courts because not a lot of people are running them, and I don't think it's that they're a bad army. Like when I think about who who is doing poorly in Age of Sigma. Flesh Eater Courts isn't one of those armies. I think of Gitz. Gitz is a perfect example. You know, you are at the bottom of the rung. And I think maybe it's just that we haven't got a lot of Flesh Eater Courts players and we're all kind of working out the the, the right way to build the Flesh Eater Courts list for 3.0 because the game has changed. There's the safe stacking. There's yep. the, you know, the less objectives. You've lost some of the key battalions that, you know, Dead Watch and Ghoul Patrol and some of the ones that were staple to your list. And I think maybe we're still kind of working it all out. So that's kind of where I wanted to like pick your brains.
1: Yeah. So I think in, in 3.0, uh, 3.0 more than ever is all about playing to your battle tactics and playing to the mission. And I think flesh of your courts has an opportunity to do that really well because they do have high movement. Um, they are able. they have, most of their army can fly, uh, or you can give most of your army flies. So they do have ways to, to work around, uh, your opponent's models. Uh, again, it's not just about killing in 3.0, it's about achieving your battle tactics. So when you build a list, you want to build a list that can achieve those battle tactics consistently and still fight on the points that you need to fight on.
0: Love it. So before we get into those weeds of third edition, what have you noticed jumping from two to three? Because some people might be picking things up for the first time or they're still kind of feeling it around. Like, what did you find and how did you whether you're building lists or things that you know you did a lot really well in the old edition is is no longer working for you or even the other way around things that you didn't look at you know in second edition have now become like you know a hot commodity
1: yeah so i think that the big change reflection of course going from second to third is obviously we lost the ability to use our uh feeding frenzy more than once in second edition, if you had the available command points, you could select multiple units to give Feeding Frenzy. And that again, Feeding Frenzy is that ability that immediately after you attack, pile in and attack again. Now you're limited to only doing it once per combat phase. So that means you have to be very, very strategic about what unit you're going to do that with.
0: So so has so that he impacted like the Grizzlegore kind of build? Because that I, I, used to often be you'd run two, three, four terror guys and you would just try to maximize the double piling or the piling after death.
1: Yeah. So I think that there's still play with that list. Um because it's just obviously we're in Gur, right? So monsters are, are a big deal. Um but yeah it, it basically it uh, for having all of your army engaged and then doing the piling attack twice for multiple units. So you you've we've lost some of our damage ability there.
0: Can you just repeat what you just said I think you might cut out for a brief second yep. I was like this little you're good now.
1: Okay, so yeah, so we, we lost the damage potential of being able to pile in and attack twice on multiple units, which kind of hurt that Grisogord list a little bit because we're, we're capping the amount of damage we can do per turn. But that also encourages us not to have our whole army engaged at once. You want to engage with key pieces on objectives to trade.
0: Yeah, no, I dig it. I dig it. And I think you're right. You know, like, you know, people look at this game as like a damage dealing game. It's not about doing damage. It's about movement. It is about objective scoring. And now more than ever, it's about battle tactics. You will, in a lot of situations, you will do better if you score your battle tactic than scoring um your uh, your objectives because objectives right. now are capped right you can only get usually one two or more in, in yeah. the average scenario
1: yeah exactly so you want to make sure you're able to get those uh battle tactics each turn and then i think another thing that actually helps flesh your courts i feel like so losing battalions obviously hurt uh, but what you gain access to, you were paying all these points for a battalion in 2.0, and you basically had to take a battalion to be competitive. Now you are able to take those uh, core battalions for free. So you're basically gaining back 100, between 100 and 150 points to your list. Points went up a little bit, uh, but not to be impactful. So you're actually gaining more models in 3.0 to, than you were in 2.0.
0: And I'm going to bring up one of Will's lists, you know, um, within the session, we'll talk a bit more about it, you know, and kind of wrap this all up. But I'm just looking at your list now, and when I look at the price of, say, the the Ghoul King on Terrorgeist, I'm looking at the Ghouls and the Flayers, you're right. Like, when I look at the the price comparison, Flesh Heater courts didn't get hit nearly as hard as other armies. So... You you saved a bunch of points whether it was yeah from Fiesta from um, from uh, Dead Watch or, yep. Ghoul Patrol or all the other ones I remember there was like a, a horrors version and yep you know, y- y- you're probably getting a bit more from your buck and I love the fact that you've got the ability to go one drop if you want to um, I think that was kind of like dictating terms was quite hard for yeah, sake. so
1: in 2.0 you basically you won that battalion so you could get your drops as low as possible. Flesh of your Courts is an army that wants to be able to decide whether to go first or second. You want to, you're shooting for that double turn because that double turn is so impactful. Well, with any combat army, uh, you want to be shooting for that double turn, and now you're going to get it for free with one of the core battalions.
0: Yeah, no, I like it. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I think it's cool, right? Because if you want to go down, uh, let's say a Grizzle Gore build, and you want to have multiple terror guys that aren't don't have a hero on it, you've got the Alpha Beast pack. You know if you want to have some really cool screens and you know you want to protect those flayers or those horrors before they get into combat you can chuck them into a hunters of the heartland or you know you want you need those extra command abilities or you want to get an extra spell for your arch region boom get yourself a hunters you know there's a lot of cool flexibility in this list and you've got enough commanders sub commanders troops you can build whatever you want to build i think you're in a really good spot except for grizzle gore i think if you want to go grizzle gore the drops is going to be hard um, using battalions
1: yep grizzle gore is tough and the other thing that's tough for flesher records is you really want those mounted heroes uh so the ghoul king on terror guys Ghoul king on zombie dragon only one of those will fit uh in that core battalion
0: other than, other than like you know just some very high level stuff you know so we, we had the board change right we've got um extra command abilities things like rally redeploy unleash well actually I was I was, was going to say unleash hell might not be that great but then I actually thought about well, wait a second you know a, a, a flayers if they get charged um would, would that that could be quite a deadly um that could be quite a deadly unleash hell when I think about it. I think I might have lost Will, or maybe I've lost. Yep, Are I still going. uh oh, Will, Will's dropped off. Sorry. Um, I, I was looking at like when I'm thinking about you know flesh eater courts. That was really weird. I didn't know if it was me or if it was Will. Will's just booting back up. Like when I was thinking about unleash hell. That would be really cool. Uh, and I'll bring up his list actually. You might as well bring it up and just kind of give you a bit of a sneak peek. But um Will has uh, he, uh, he's actually been playing around a little bit with Mega Gargans, which is really cool. But in this particular list that we'll go through a bit later, um he's running the he's running two ghoul kings on terror geist, he's running an arch Region. he's running um the flayer. Oh, sorry, sorry, he's running um three units of crypt flayers, a unit of 20. So he's reinforced um the crypt ghouls. He's got himself the Battle Regiment. So he's gone down to two drops. So there will be everything except for one of the um, one of the Terror Geists. So he'll have, you know, you know, I guess he'll have a bit of flex there. Uh, and then he's also got his, himself a Crypt Courtier as well as the Arch Region as well. So he's got some really interesting choices. And I love the fact that he's tapped into the Flayers for the extra movement and obviously the Ghouls for a bit of screens. Although, as I mentioned, you could go Warlords and Hunters for this one. Um, that would quite work, but when I think about flesh-eater courts right now, I think you know one of the things that I want to find out with Will is that they are—they don't have a lot of mortal wounds. And I know he said you know the 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 bite from the terrorgeist or the the fanged moors from the terrorgeist, and he's got the screams. But we are in a very heavy armor save meta right now, where you're playing against two up or three up armor saves. And you're playing with flesh eater courts with a high volume of attacks. And when you're going up against like armored save of two or armor save of three, those high volume of attacks, and then what you've got a ward save potentially like an amulet of destiny or a mystical or some type of armor save, it can be quite a struggle without those mortal wounds, which is why people are building so many mortal wounds into their list. Or they're going like the Nurgle type of route, which is just a lot of like heavy durability with their saves. So I'm very, very curious to see where Will kind of goes with this. But I think for me, that's probably one big thing I want to work out. Like, how is he actually building around this list? Where does he stand with the Grand Courts? Because when I look at the Grand Courts, one of the challenges you're going to have is that all of them, except for the, like the unmounted feast day like this, have got yourself a command trait. You've got yourself the command ability and the artifact already locked. So if you want to go down the one-drop route or the low-drop route, it's really difficult. You've got to stick to that one particular artifact. But if you go into and forget the drops, um, get yourself Warlord, get yourself um, Commanding Entourage, get that extra artifact, get that Amulet of Destiny, find yourself that Arcane Tome or whatever it might be, and all of a sudden you've got those high drops and then you know, you really want to go first, as Will's already said. You know, you want to make that choice of if you go first or if you go second. So um, for me, I'm really curious about Feck and yeah, he's Will. I think he's back. He's back with no audio. Love, love, love technology. We lost your mic. You might need to fix up your settings again. <laughs> there he is. Here he is. Let's see here. He's now. you're good now. You're good. Okay, you're good. Okay.
1: Yeah, we're in Maine, bigger storm outside right now, <laughs> <laughs> this.
0: All right, so I was, just, I was just talking a bit about your list and a little bit of like just some, some curious curiosities, but I think FEC overall, interesting, you, you know, a lot of challenges in the meta. How are you responding to armor save, I, I think stacking, it's probably the first one I'm really curious about.
1: Yep, so that's challenging, uh, again. Fleshier courts have some damage potential. Uh, I think how I've been dealing with the Armor Stave Stacking is just really lean heavily on my Mortal Wound output. Uh, that's why the Terror guys are so important. Uh, so the other thing that Fleshier courts have, in addition to be, have that critical ability to be able to pile in and attack again immediately. Uh, so on your big monsters, that's super critical. Uh, again, the the Bite Attack on the Terror guys give flat six Mortal Wounds uh, on unmodified rolls of sixes to hit. So the, the play there is you have uh, a born Arch Regent can give that model plus D3 attacks if it gets its spell off. So, for example, I ran a bunch of terror guys yesterday in RTT, and in one round of combat, I had six attacks with a bite. I rolled four sixes, so rolled really hot. But basically, I just deleted something because it's 24 mortal wounds. Uh, so you got your mortal wound output on your, your melee attacks. Also, the flayers got some mortal wound output on unmodified rolls of sixes to hit. Uh, the other output you got is obviously with the screams against low bravery armies. And there's some plays that you can do to modify bravery. So you, you mentioned, uh, you know, there's a lot of armies with bravery 10. Uh, there's an artifact you can take that can reduce that by two. Uh, there's another artifact that you can put on a smaller healer to reduce that by one. But there's a bunch of different stacking things that you can do to to really get around those armor safes. So to answer your question, it's, it's not great. We don't have a whole lot of rents. Uh, I've picked units to avoid... So Horrors and, and Ghouls don't have any Rend at all, and that's a really tough spot to be in, especially with melee units in, in 3.0. So I've been trying to lean heavily on the, the Mortal Wound output.
0: So, so you're probably saying to me in your current thinking, you know, less reliant on your Crypt Ghouls, yep. more reliant on things that can deal Mortal Wounds. Do you think Horrors, because Horrors...
1: Don't have, have any Rends.
0: No, well, they, but they have high amount of attacks.
1: They they have a same uh they have three attacks, no rends. Um I can just pull up their world scroll here. Uh what they do have going for them is is higher damage. Uh unfortunately, uh because of the no rend, they're in they're in a pretty tough spot. They are cheap, which is is good. Yes, yeah, so they have three attacks, force to hit, threes to wounds, no rends, two damage per attack. Um, unmodified rolls of sixes do uh three damage to attack instead. Or Unmodified yeah. wound Rules. So they're only 125 points now, uh, but again, they're in a tough spot because they don't have that rent, um, and they're not that reliable to hit either. Force to hit is a, a tough spot to be. Same thing with Flayers. Um, they do benefit now in 3.0 that you have your, your unit champ that can give those command abilities, all attack, all defense. That's been helpful in some areas too.
0: Yeah, like when I think about Horrors, I think right now they're probably not that good in the current meta. I think just what you need probably screams more to Flayers and Terrorgeist than you do. I think Ghouls are still very important, especially for screening, to yep. leave on objectives, to create chaff. I think the challenge with Crypt Ghouls, though, is that they are battle-lined, which means you are going to give away broken ranks, and they, they don't have a high armor save. They're only, nope. you know, they're only one wound. They die to a stiff breeze. So you, you, I, I like the fact that you've got at least reinforced them to, and it is 200 points and 190 points, but you at least make it a little bit harder to give away that broken rank should they go into the crypt ghouls. and they're on 25 so yep they're um, very small coherency isn't as bad as some other units
1: yep and they fit in movement trays really nice too to be able to make sure you're in, in coherency. the other thing that we haven't talked about yet is uh your courts also have their muster abilities right so you have those critical heroes that are able to muster back uh units that are depleted so for example the crypt ghouls, uh if you have a, a a Crypt Ghoul courtier or a Vargulf in there, they can muster those those backs. So basically, you're rolling six dice for ghouls on a two-up in your hero phase, you're returning that many models to the unit, which is helpful. And you can do that for your knights, your horrors, and your flayers as well with the right heroes.
0: And it also allows you, you know, you can double down on that if they're out of combat with rally as well, yep. um, which which is helpful, right? So if you really need to get that 20 block of ghouls back up, you know, you could use the muster. If you needed Emerald Life Swarm, you could bring some bodies back. You could, you know, use a rally. So, you know, you can create that undying horde if you need it. But yep. I think what we were talking about earlier was you probably wouldn't, you wouldn't build a ghoul heavy army.
1: Right. I think you need some more of that mobility. Ghouls are, are a little bit slower. Um, they're, I think, a little bit overcosted for what they do right now. Uh, it's ninety five points for ten. Um and again, like you said, they die to a stiff breeze. There are ways to buff them up, but because they don't have that rens, uh, they have a lot of attacks, but no rend. They're they're really uh tough to get that damage output from them.
0: And do you really want to buff that that unit up? Like is it I feel like it's you know, you're pushing shit uphill, trying to buff right. up a bunch of ghouls. You're better off putting those buffs into the terror guys, the flayers, some other type of hero, you know, the vargulf, smash bat.
1: Yep that's yeah i think that's that's kind of where you want to focus your efforts at least in 3.0 you want to focus on those high potential units uh i think the ghouls right now you're you're kind of playing into that that horde which is not really where the meta's at right now there are a lot of ways to to do a ton of damage to ghouls
0: if they had like a if they had like a free movement at the start of the game or some type of you know rule it might be helpful but yeah uh, I would. I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't put too many points into ghouls unless there was some type of need. But what about yeah. your grand courts? Maybe like let's chunk down a little bit to. Yeah. You know, just talk about like the builds, right? Because you know, one thing that I learned as a flesh eater courts player um, is that the the grand court that I take often dictates the type of list that I build. Yep. You know, you, you got your grizzle gore, you got blister skin, hollow morn, uh, Morgant, and then you've got you don't have to take one you can just go feast day. Right. So where do you think the grand courts kind of stand and what's looking good to you right now?
1: Uh, So for grand courts, I think blister skin is still very powerful. That's the list I ran, uh, the court I ran pretty heavily in 2.0. What that gives you is obviously you get the extra movement on all of your units, an extra two inch movement, which is pretty critical. Now you have flayers that are going 12 or 14 inches instead of 12 inches. Terror guys that are going 16 inches, obviously still flying. Um, What I really like about Blister Skin is you still have that really cool command ability. Uh, Lord of the Burning Skies, we're able to, for a command point, pick up a unit that can fly and basically deep strike them somewhere else on the board, uh, which there's a lot of plays there to get your units in key positions, steal objectives, that sort of thing. against more than nine inches away from enemy units. Uh, We're obviously a very command point heavy army, uh, so the the command trait that you have to take for Blister Skin, a four up and extra command point in your hero phase is nice to have as well. And then the artifact works really well for me in 2.0. Uh, this is the one that you have to take if you select a grand court. Uh, it's the minus one to hit rolls uh, for models holding within six inches of the bear uh, that, against shooting attacks, which is there's a shooting heavy meta right now that helps a little bit.
0: And that could well, that could combine really nicely with, say, unleash hell, because then all of a sudden, if you can get within, oh, might be a bit hard. if you get the If you can get, oh, no, actually, that wouldn't work. I was just thinking you could maybe do like a minus two to unleash hell should you charge in your general but i guess i don't know depending on what you're charging into yeah depending on what you're charging into right like you know if you go into like i don't know lumineth archers for example they'll do a couple of mortal wounds to you but a terrorgeist holding this is going to be able to survive that then you know be able to use uh what is it the um the GUR the ger command point that allows them to fight yeah. at the top bracket. So you could, because yep. I think I think that's probably one of the challenges, right? You got three flayers, three horrors running in. Someone who's going to shoot at you could probably pop at least one of those of your three or one of your six. So, you know, maybe you do need that Ghoul King on Terrorgeist or Ghoul King on Zombie Dragon to soak up the Unleash Shell.
1: Yep. Uh. Yeah. Range is a, definitely a problem for uh for Flesh Eater Courts, and again, you're going to want that someone. Uh, that that unit to soak up overwatch if, or unleash hell when you're charging into units. And the bigger heroes definitely have a role there, especially where it's combining some key artifacts. Amulet of Destiny, uh, you know, all defense, that sort of thing can use to kind of tank up some of those wounds. And you mentioned uh, brackets. So what I like about Geist is they, their damage potential is not that much influenced by what bracket they're on. Uh, so they're still their bites just still going to have three attacks. So what what brackets with the Tarrageis is their, their scream gets a little bit harder to inflict those mortal wounds, and they lose some of their skeletal claw attacks, which aren't that reliable anyway. So what I like about Tarrageis is that even if they're damaged, they still have a lot of output.
0: Yeah, you can never underestimate. Like there's a lot of monsters in the game where if they're half wounds taken or three quarters wounds taken, you can always write them off. Like yeah, they're not going to do that much damage. They're a bit swingy. They don't have a lot, a lot of attacks. They won't do a lot of damage. But a terrorgeist, even with on one wound, I've seen it pull down some serious heavy yep. if, if if they spike and get one or even two sixes to get, you know, 12 mortal wounds. I've seen them pull down, you know, ironclads, you know, 18 wo- 18 mortal wounds, which is, you know, you just you can't leave them with it with a single wound on. You've got to get rid of them.
1: Yep. Uh the other thing about blister skin, which is really, really nice, is so right now the old, for a normal fleshy records army the only battle line that we have as an option is ghouls blister skin unlocks crypt players as battle line uh which is really nice because then you're not forced to take those three units of ghouls and you have some more flexibility there uh the other way you can unlock certain units as battle line is by taking the right uh courtiers uh so if you take crypt infernal you can unlock players as battle line as well if he's your general um same thing with a crypt, crypt hunter courtier that unlocks a uh, the crypt horrors as battle line if you if they're your general.
0: Yeah, yeah, you got to have the general piece. And obviously, you've got your Grizzle Gore, Terror Geist, and Zombie Dragons. What do you think about uh, un- unmounted Terror Geist and Zombie Dragons in a, in a Grizzle Gore build, given that we are in the monster meta, given that they'll yeah. have raw, given have they'll get you extra victory points?
1: Yeah, so I think the uh, Grusogor definitely has play, especially um, with those big monsters, Zombie Dragons, Terror geists. Um, When you think about the damage potential of a Terror geist, the only thing that having a Mounted Terror geist gets you is an extra five attacks uh, for your hero. Obviously, that hero is going to be uh, a wizard, so they get one cast. And then what you're giving up by having them unmounted is a summon as well for a command point. But you still have that, uh, that, uh, that Bite Attack that's doing those flat six mortal wounds. Um, and then plus the bonus of have if you have three or more monsters that unlocks, you know, approach advance for an extra point. Uh, you also have a lot more uh, opportunities to score extra points with battle tactics, broken ranks, that sort of thing.
0: War Machine brought up a really good point that I probably would have got to later, but he's, he's fast forward. Cause it's a really good point is that things like Flays, for example, only have one inch. Now, yep. does that mean, and I know in your list that we kind of previewed when the power went out Um, you've got little units of three you haven't gone out because back into a second edition um, I used to play against a lot of blocks of six or even blocks of nine people would run those blocks of nine flares or horrors with something like a one inch reach on your flares has that now meant that you're less likely to run the bigger blocks
1: yeah so that that was my thinking uh in 3.0 so Uh, because of coherency rules now, and because of the unit size, you take them and reinforce them in blocks of three. If you reinforce a squad of flares once, now you're at six models, uh, more than five, right? So now your six models have to be within one inch of at least two other models, which means you're only going to be able to get potentially three uh, or three into combat uh, with a one inch range. So, uh, And and the benefit of having a bigger unit, right, is you're able to muster, they're going to be more survivable, so you can muster more back, uh, they benefit more from your buffs, your your D3 attacks, your pylon attack twice, but uh, I think with the new coherency rules and because they are in blocks of three, if they were, if you could get it, of course, if you have a block of six and you lose one, now you're down to five, which is a good spot to be in because then you don't have to be within two models. But that's kind of where I was thinking uh, is the, the, the minimum battle line units, squads of three to get around that coherency.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, you know, a block of six and nine will still be good for the mortal wounds with the Scream. But, yeah, when they start getting into combat, I feel like those really big bases really hurt the Flayers. And then I I quickly brought up the Horrors War Scroll on on my computer just to see how they're tracking. And it's the same deal. They're on three attacks, range one. So, you know, if you go into six, you're really only attacking with three to four at most. Yep. um and i feel like that's just a lot of wasted attacks um and then they don't have any rand so all of a sudden like like you throw a bunch of attacks and
1: the other spot that's tough too is they only flares and horrors because they're four wounds they still only count as one model on objectives which yes. is really tough too
0: yeah they had one more wound You'd count as two, right? But, oh, they're in that ugly side, right? And their armor, say five. Like, you know, it's hard to like, look. If you get a rally, that's awesome. They, they, you know, you get four wounds back. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a couple of like punches to the, gr- the crotch for, for yeah. flayers and for horrors. But at least flayers have some other options. Uh, again, I can see why you'd want to go down the flayer route.
1: Yeah, I think. Because the horrors are cheaper, too, there might be some more play. We can talk about Hall or more when we get there. It might be some more play there. But I think right now, you really want to focus on those monsters. So kind of getting back to Grisogor. Grisogor has the ability to take your your big monsters as battle line. Uh, so you can take your unmounted terror geist, your unmounted Zombie Dragons as battle line uh, for a Royal terrorgeist, Royal Zombie Dragon, uh, which is really nice. Um, again, there's a, a lot of opportunities to achieve battle tactics there. Uh, their command or their... Legion's ability for gristle gore is interesting um the un- if an unmodified hit roll for gristle gore is six it inflicts two hits instead of one um of course there you now with 3.0 in in 2.0 you could stack that with your uh flat six mortal wounds and the terror bite. now you have to choose right are you mm. going to do two, two hits or are you going to do your your uh flat six mortal wounds so i think that's a little bit of a nerf to gristle gore
0: there I, th- I think if I was building a flesh eater quartz army, I think definitely for me, uh, the grizzle Gaul build is still the strongest because when I think about th- some of the meta, you've got mega gargants, you've got archaon and friends, you've got marathi and got oh, n- not marathi and gotrek actually. That like the flesh eater actually, that would probably like that would not be good because you can only do three mortal three wounds maximum to yep. marathi a turn and an old little ginger ninja only turns everything into one damage, right? Yep. So um, those high attacks, high rend, or high damage, high rend, means nothing against God Trek. At least you've got the movement to kind of avoid him. But I feel yep. like if you're coming against Nagash, you know, uh, you know, Alariel, these god monsters, and that's what we're kind of facing right now, a lot of god tier monsters. Yeah, I feel like the terror guys at least yeah, good. Quite- I think I, mean- I think they're kind of what I'd build around.
1: I mentioned earlier, a flesh of your course is now kind of a scalpel because you don't have a scalpel. You don't have the staying power. You're you're relatively uh, low saves, uh, really tough to stay around. So you really got to, when you commit to go into something, you got to commit to go into it. So that's where Glistogor, I think, would help. So you you don't want to send just one terror guy sat in a at a, at a go you're going in. You want to send multiple, multiple big monsters to make sure that you're able to kill that. Uh, what Grisogor has going for you as well is you ha- if you have a Mounted Zombie Dragon and a Mounted Terrorgeist, you have to give them that artifact or that command trait for Savage Strike. So they have strike first if they made a charge move. So if you have two Terrorgeist, one's mounted, one's unmounted, you both charge into the same unit, you're both gonna be able to go before that model gets to attack you back. And then potentially, if you have a command point available, you're gonna be able to pile an attack again with one of those. So you have a lot of damage potential uh, going in with a Grisogor list with multiple big dragons.
0: Yeah, and I like it. And as I mentioned as well, like right now while we're playing in GUR, you could take an Alpha Beast pack for an extra D6-inch move before the game started. So if you do win the drops or you do get to choose, at least it means, you know, you could potentially turn one charge, then do the double pile-in. And I think the board size, I'm going to bring up Brad's question in a second. The board size for Grisogor I think works really well because there are less screens. There are less objectives. There are more people putting their points into elites and to heroes. So and and that's always been one of like the the, the most annoying things for Grizzle Gore is that there used to be a lot of chaff screens, you know, 20, 40, 60 man blocks, and you couldn't get into the juicy stuff. Now there's a lot less of that. So you can get in to what you want to get to, at least there's a better option for you. But then, when it comes to the board size, Brad was asking around things like horrors using deranged transformation with Hallow Morn's Ravenous Crusades. Does that change horrors at all? And I, I could bring up the rules if you don't happen to have a photographic memory.
1: Yeah, so I think Brad's question deranged transformation, right? So it's a, a spell you cast on a unit. You can, if they have a wounds characteristic of four or five or less, basically you add the wounds characteristic to their movement. So now you can have crypts. if you, that spell goes off on Crypt Horrors, you can have Crypt Horrors moving 11 inches. Uh, so a pretty a pretty fast movement for them. Uh, I tend to like that spell more on Flayers because you're able to move that flare from 12 inches to 16 inches, which is impactful for first turn because then you have a potential to get a first turn charge off. Uh, but yeah, it definitely does help Crypt Horrors there. Uh, their Ravenous Crusaders ability, I haven't seen a whole lot of play with that. Uh, that's an ability where you have to spend a command point um, and then you get uh, plus one to run in charge, uh, and you can also run in charge in the same turn. Uh, so you're giving those players or those horrors a lot of extra movement. But I just you're losing a command point for that, and this is a really a command point hungry army, uh, even without uh, because you want to save those command points for feeding frenzy to pile in and attack twice. And I just I don't think that the the crypt horrors have the output that you need uh, to be able to accomplish anything significant
0: and because of the coherency as well i think that's probably the big key as well right is that one there's no rend it's not like it's a high amount of attacks um and then you're not getting like if you pay for six you pay for nine i think that's what i'm used to a lot and i don't want to harp on too much because i think it's just the challenge you've got to work around is how do you get around these coherency issues when you know you're you're paying for six nine nine you're double reinforcing your horrors but you only get like just over half of them actually in combat because of the large base sizes and the the low range it's what idk with their thralls have a issue issue with right they've got a one inch, one inch attack 32 mil base they can only get in half if, if just over half of their models in combat
1: yeah at that point they're just apple of wounds which is good because you're going to have a unit that's going to stay around and have the potential to do more damage over time uh but i think you need to look at where you're putting those points Uh, We we were talking about Crystal Gore and and you mentioned, you know, having the Alpha Beast pack and then being able to potentially Alpha Strike. I have come around from 2.0. I was very heavy into trying to Alpha Strike, get the priority, uh, try to throw something in the opponent's face, make him deal with it. And then that gives you the freedom to react around to the rest of the board. Um, I think with the smaller board size now and because your courts still have that high mobility, um, I've kind of come around to the other side where I'd rather be able to react to what my opponent's doing. Uh, and not throw those key units away at turn one. Uh, be able to pick and choose where I want to engage with what units and play more of a reactive game in 3.0. That's
0: why people are like, you know, the, the, the first battle tactic most people will do is run three units in, you know, if their monsters get the extra VP. Like that seems to be one of the most popular battle tactics early on. But sometimes that can be really powerful if you're playing against double-shooting bow snakes you Know the uh, the cruel yep. boys, you might want to get the jump on the the dragons when they when the storm cast dragons come. I don't know how they're going to kind of fit into battalions and things like that. That you know, because the last thing you want is just shot off the board, right? You know, double right. shooting bow snakes will just shoot you off the board, you'll give away VP, and you've got nothing left. So, yep, but you're right. Like, I, I don't feel as aggressive as I used to be. I'm holding back my army one turn, possibly two turns you know, racking up those battle tactics and then kind of like turn three when that kind of you know where the objectives are going to be and if there's, you know, an objective move because it's too tiny shift or whatever it is, um, you can uh, engage appropriately.
1: Yeah, and the other thing that you can do too is by staying back a little bit more. Uh, that's why I really like this army because you get the flexibility with the summons, right? So the heroes that you bring in, some of them have the ability for a command point to summon another unit, right? With the Terror guys, you can summon horrors or flares. Uh, with the Abort and Arch Regent, you can summon 20 ghouls, horrors, flares, or a courtier hero. Uh, zombie Dragon, you can summon in a courtier hero. Uh, so you have this flexibility with your summons to be able to drop units. Uh, on the board to either influence what your opponent's going to do or grab those key objectives that might be out of reach for you
0: and that's unexpected
1: a lot of time for your opponent
0: and it's quite hard like i've played a plenty of flesh eater courts armies and they'll drop 500 700 points just from the 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 cheeky free summons and you know all of a sudden it's now 2000 points versus 3000 points and i think using that to your advantage, is there anything that you like to summon more than others? And I know obviously you can respond to your opponent and yep. like in a scenario, but is there things that you draw from more?
1: So what I've, uh, the the challenge with summons and what I've been trying to develop uh, in my play style is I'd like to, ideally you'd like to have your summons as late in the game as possible. You don't want to draw upon them until you need them in that critical spot because they come in six inches from any board edge. You can get them exactly where you need to go. The challenge there is if your hero, your heroes that are doing those summons, the terror guys, uh, want to be aggressive. They want to get stuck in. Uh, and if you don't use that summon before they die, you're going to lose it. Uh, so what I've been trying to do more recently is as soon as the game starts, do my summons. Uh, so basically you're doing that force multiplication immediately. Uh, I tend to like to summon flayers. I also like to summon uh, Quartier Heroes, uh, so the Vargolf, I like to summon a lot with the Bornchart Art Regent. That's why I included that in my list, because basically you have a 245-point model, 240-point model, that can summon in either 180 points for the Flayers or 160 points for the Vargulf. Uh, so I like to summon in those key support pieces as well as the Flayers, just because they do have that high movement. I don't think... Uh, I rarely, very rarely summon in Horrors, because I think Flayers are just better at what they do for the points
0: yeah you can either summon in
1: 180 points of flares or 125 points worth of horrors
0: yeah or you bring in ghouls if you need screens and leave something on the objective i think yeah i think unfortunately for brad who 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 loves the ideas of horrors and you know flares for me were always the thing that i really enjoyed i think just i don't want to i don't want to like rubbish poo poo poor old horrors too much but I think it's just a lot of things going against them right now that doesn't play to their strengths, and maybe there'll be a time where horrors become good again, and you know when when armor save stacking has been stopped, and you know you can only get a, a maximum, amount, I don't know, a three up armor save, or some type of change comes into the game, it might be a bit more viable, or maybe they get a two inch range. But right now, there's just a lot of things that kind of says to me: go ghouls, go flayers, go terror geists.
1: Yeah, I think crypt horrors might have some play uh there are only 125 points if you can get big enough units and you kind of spam those again your damage potential is going to be limited on them just because of the no rend and then the the coherency rules but that still is a lot of wounds to chew through
0: they could be good screen as well like if you're thinking about you know if they're not a battle line choice they could be a screen that's not going to give away broken ranks you could protect things still they are quite fast and durable and they will work but you know i would i probably wouldn't build around this massive output of damage from horrors that's probably the way i'm looking at them is a little bit different
1: yep i feel the same way
0: and you you've been loving feast day uh, it gives you a bit more flexibility and you know i like i look i look at it right you know hollow morn not bad i like the movement stuff you know you had smash bat you know the the buffed up vargulf you know put yep. flaming weapon on him run him up the board like Super Saiyan. He can still do the do. I think the challenge is there's a little bit of hard magic going on, on on right now. There's a lot of good magic casters that could stop the smash bat if you happen to be, you know, climbing up the boards of a tournament. The Morgant, for me, the challenge is, is that Ghouls are just not strong. And I think losing Ghoul Patrol, th- they lost more than they gained ghouls i don't think there's a lot of like positives that ghouls came out of um i don't know how do you how do you feel about you know uh both the grand court and ghouls
1: yeah so i think ghouls have a role in this army because they are you're basically your reliable way to get bodies on an objective you're not able to get more than one model for your flares and horrors your your monsters are still going to count as five and your heroes are still going to count as two but ghouls are the only way to reliably get bodies on objectives to control them uh, I feel like ghouls are better in larger units. The smaller units of ghouls, uh, tend to, the 10, 10 man units are, tend to blow over relatively easy. Uh, but if you have that 20 uh, model unit, that 30 model unit, they're relatively hard to punch off objectives if you have a hero near them. Uh, so you got your death save if they're wholly within six of a hero, you got your muster. Uh, so if you have a, a smaller hero near them, uh, either your bar goal for your, uh, uh, your critical courtier with the muster up to D6 back. Uh, then you also have uh, your rally ability if they're not engaged with something. So they're relatively tough to shake off and 30 wounds uh, on objective is nothing to, to snuff at.
0: Yeah, but, no, they, they're, they're good. But... Uh,
1: yeah, you wouldn't want to, I don't think you'd want to build a list around them though, just because you're yeah. limited again by your damage potential on them.
0: They have a role, but they're probably not going to be the anchor point to my force and I'm going to look at all the synergies and the buffs to buff up my ghouls because just, just purely because they're probably not the best value for money. Again, like, you know, if you love your ghouls and you've already bought 100 ghouls and you're a mad lad, you do you, run your ghouls, spam them to your heart's content. But if I was starting off flash-heated cards, I'm probably not quite building around all of the ghouls. I mean, I that... think
1: they have a play too, because even though they have no rents, they're relatively cheap, have a high number of attacks. So the other answer to save stacking besides mortal wound output is just... I'm going to make you roll dice, right? So your ghouls are able to do that very easy. You have a 30 block of ghouls. They have four attacks each, piling in and attacking twice. Yeah, you might not be able to get them all in, but that's a lot of dice you're going to force your opponent to roll. And maybe you're look, going to see some ones and twos in there if they have a higher save.
0: And that's what's going into Gotrek. That's what's going into Marathi. You're not right. throwing in the Terrorgeist or the Flayers because they will come out second best. But if you choke them up with, especially Gotrek, because, you know, he can only ever take a maximum damage of one. Anything that's like two damage or more, it gets reduced to one. So if you can just throw like an absolute high volume of attacks around him as, as best as you can, that's a really good chance to try to take down Gottrek.
1: Yeah. Um, they're already getting two attacks each. If they have more than 20 models done, they're getting three attacks each. Um, you can buff them up with that Ferocious Hunger from an Uborn arch region or the Black Hunter. Uh, give them another D3 or one attack. So you have a lot of potential to do a lot of attacks with them. Again, no rend, but uh still fours and fours ain't that bad.
0: No, they're not, especially again if you if you're just throwing pure weight of dice. There's only so many armor saves that uh those blood knights, those, you know, like obviously anything with a ward is gonna be a bit different, but you yeah. know, high volume of attacks will, will work quite nicely. But we, we, keep, we keep like trying to get into Feast Day and we keep kind of getting out of it. Oh, yep. so we kind of like covered, no, no, we've covered most of the Grand Courts. I want to tap into Feast Day because sure. I love the fact that it doesn't landlock you into an artifact, a command trait. And it's probably one of the things I enjoyed the most from the new Stormcast and Auric book is the fact that they don't actually force your sub factions to have an artifact, a command trait. You build it the way you want to build it.
1: Yeah, so, so Feast Day is one of the delusions of the six that you can pick if you do not go with the Grand Court. I think Feast Day is probably the most powerful. What Feast Day allows you to do is once per turn, and that's your turn and your opponent's turn, you can use the free Feeding Frenzy command ability without a command point being spent. And again, Feeding Frenzy is that ability to pile in and attack again immediately. So over the course of the game, you're basically getting 10 free command points because you're going to be want, want to be using that Feeding Frenzy as many opportunities as you can granted in 3.0 it's only once per turn now but you still have 10 opportunities to use that if you're engaged on every turn so th- that extra 10 command points is, is huge i think then as you mentioned it doesn't lock you into a specific uh command trait or specific artifacts so you're able to pick that amulet of destiny uh with only uh without having to do that warlord battalion uh to get that extra artifacts
0: I was just reading over the other delusions. And the other one that I probably really like outside of uh, the feast day is um, a, minor, a matter of honor. I really like that because we've lost a lot of re-rolls in the game. So being able to, and there's, I mean, there's a lot of heroes right now in the meta. So there's it, a yep. lot of points being tied up. So the fact that you get to re-roll hit rolls of one, so you can still do all-out attack and things like that. You get the free re-rolls of one, which is great. And then if it's your general going in, and obviously targeting a hero, then you get to reroll ones to wound, and then you combine that with, you know, um, the uh, b- best day ever or your finest hour, get plus one to wound. So you're rerolling ones to wound, and you're getting plus one to wound, rerolling ones to hit, get plus one attack from all-out attack should you burn that. Like, all of a sudden, like, if this is something that you really want to kill, get that Terrorgeist into RKO and get that Terrorgeist into whatever it might be, Yep, really good chance you're going to pull that down that turn.
1: Yeah, and then if you're taking that uh, that delusion, you still have the ability to strike again, right, if you use that command point. So all those buffs will still carry over when you attack for the next time.
0: Yes. Yeah, no, I like it. Because those delusions are not a command ability, so it still allows you to issue Feeding Frenzy. It still allows you yep. to issue other things. So if you need all that attack, boom, you can do it. I love it. No, I dig it.
1: Yeah, I think I've been I've been running you stay even at the end of 2.0 i just think it outweighs the benefits the other the other courts get you right now
0: i know you were um i want to get to your list in a minute and i just want to set this up because one of the lists that you kind of sent me and we talked a little bit about were things like mega gargants and i know you've got some ideas or and i think we might have even been playing around with bringing in a mega gargant and what's your experience for anyone who's thinking about dropping that serious cash into you get the gate breaker, right? Death Congrats. gets the yep. gatebreaker mercenary.
1: Yep. I think, uh, obviously mega gargants are, are doing very well in the meta that we have right now. It is the monster meta. Um, fleshier of course has a lot of uh, abilities to get that those monsters, what they, what they lack, um, right now, I feel like is that, uh, survivability. What Our highest save, on even on Terror Geist is a 4. Um, you do have some after saves. What a, a Mega gets gets you, though, is a big threat, especially with the Mega Gargan. It's still fast. It's going to be moving 12 inches. And it's just a, a huge chunk of 35 wounds that your opponent has to chew through while all of the rest of your list is doing whatever it wants. So I've run a couple games with a Mega Gargan, and every game I do, I just throw it straight at the enemy. They have to deal with it. It's in their face. Mm-hmm. They have, they're going to kill it. But while they're trying to kill that Mega Gargan, I'm using my scalpel to pick off key support pieces, getting on the board position I want to be in to set myself up really really well for the rest of the game.
0: Do you find, if, if you were going to include a Mega garga into your list, are you finding that takes the role of one of your Terrorgeist, you know, your Ghoul Kings on Terrorgeist? Or is it eating into like your troop choices?
1: No, so I think... Uh, a Mega Gargant is 525 points, I believe. uh gulking on Terrorgeist is 445. So it's kind of in, in that range. I still want to have my troops. It's really basically replacing a Terrorgeist.
0: Okay, so it's not like you're culling your troops down to an absolute minimum to go Hero Hammer. It's that you're you're taking out that second or third Terrorgeist, uh, gulking King Terrorgeist, uh, or even like a Terrorgeist without Hero, and you're just flipping yep. that out to be a Mega. You obviously get five on the objective. It's 35 wounds. You know, all that all that defense makes it a, a three-up armor save. You know, it can heal. You know, it can do a heroic action. So, yep. you do lose that one command point at the start, though. So that that does hurt a little bit, especially if you're going summoning. But at least you got the channel thrown to help you yep. with the free yep. summon early. It's almost like a, a minor trade-off.
1: Yeah, and that, that Mega Gargan that the Flesh Records have access to is the damage one, so it's the Gatebreaker. Um, so it's got a, a lot of output as well. Uh, it doesn't have the mortal wounds, per se, that a terror guys would have, um, but it's still got 10 attacks, uh, minus 3 rends, 3 damage. Um, so again, it brings up that higher rend that we're lacking elsewhere in Flesh eater Records.
0: I think the other thing as well on Mega, and I don't want to go, this is not the Mega gargant show, but the other thing I wanted to call out is the fact that if you run a Mega Gargan into your opponent, and I guess, you know, Terrorgeist remains true, there's always that other threat of another Terrorgeist or some type of other big threat monster. So I was like, well, if I deal with the Mega, and I know I've got to pull down the Mega, got to put a lot of resources into the Mega, I've still got to deal with this Terrorgeist. I don't know where it's going to go. And the fact right. that it's got high movement, um, it's always a threat. you just got to handle it. And it's like, what? Do you, where do I handle? And some people just don't have the tools to handle both or even a double terror geist. that that is a scary proposition if they they either break off and go independently or if they hunt as a pack
1: yep and I think uh there's a play too with if you have a couple big mobile threats uh with the terror, whether it's two terror geists, whether it's a, a mega Gargon and terrorgeist, you're you're basically gonna you have a bait unit right you're gonna want to throw one out see what they see what they how their your opponent reacts to that model and then that gives you the flexibility to pick and choose where you want to engage so it's really I, I like running all of those big threats, big monsters in twos, because um, you know you're going to throw one out and then be able to react based on what your opponent does to deal with that threat.
0: Do you do you like the endless spells at the moment? Because I, I I know they always used to be the um, I, I've forgotten the name the the the, 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 chalice. the chalice. Yep. Yeah, I remember the chalice was just like one of those favorites you chuck in the middle of the board. Hit you know get a whole bunch of dice heal up. Um,
1: yeah, I it's more expensive now um i tried it a couple times in, in 2.0 i wasn't super impressed with it uh it's now it's 70 points it was cheaper uh so basically what that chalice is going to do uh is every time a model dies near you're, you're going to put a counter on it and then on a four up you can heal uh at the end of the turn you can heal wounds to other models that are around it or return models to uh, Quartz, you know with the wound characteristic at 1. So basically means you can return ghouls uh, with the chalice, or you can heal up models within 12 inches of it. Uh, I tend to not use this spell because I don't want to be in a certain spot. I want to, because you have to be near it, and it's, once you cast it, it's staying in this, the certain spot. I think I don't want, I want to be mobile and not have to stand near a chalice to be able to get that stuff back up. I also think we have the ability to return models with musters, and I think that's probably a better space to bring put your points in for the same cost as a chalice you can bring a crypt ghoul courtier and every turn if that crypt ghoul courtier is near your ghouls you can bring back d6 anyways on a 2-0 yeah
0: okay yeah i think the the key is um the chalice i think works really well with things like the terror guys because again you're just healing them up healing them up especially if they're hunting as a pack yep. you know that you're just healing them up and they just you know and then you obviously use heroic action to heal as well if you need to really good leadership but you're right. Like if you are thinking about maybe healing up your ghouls and there's a lot of opponents who can unbind your endless spells right now. Priests can do it. Yep. You can also now do it as a heroic action. You know, maybe you are better off with a more guaranteed courtier, fire some type of support hero. And they think attacking and shooting your support hero, cool. They're not attacking your terror guys or your flayers. Right. Um, so it's like win-win, right? If they're going for one of your small heroes.
1: Yeah, and I think Flesh of Your are in a tough spot with casting right now too. So they don't have a whole lot of abilities to be able to get that plus to cast. Yeah, they have an artifact, but you're spending some artifacts on it to get plus one cast on Binds. Yeah, they have a command trait, but that's really it. You're, you're looking at maybe plus one to cast at most. So against yeah. a lot of armies, especially your god monsters, you're, you're probably not going to get a whole lot of spells off
0: yeah I'll, I'll run around with marathi in my daughters of Cain, who has a natural plus one to her cast and there's a heap of spells she just doesn't get off like yeah plus plus one is not a lot and then you start going against lumineth and Zench and Nagashes and you know certain armies like that have just like auto unbinds yes yeah, like you can't really rely buff. yeah you can't rely on those plus ones and i think that's probably the other caveat is that with endless spells they all went up in points there's now more chances to unbind them and if you don't have a really strong caster you know you you can't bank on having it around often and then a smart opponent will unbind it uh if if, if there's an endless spell already on the table they'll unbind it in your turn which means you can't recast it in your turn which means it just points on the table you can't tap right. into
1: and i think the everything the chalice does i think the life swarm does better because it's less points you're gonna get the 2d3 yeah. turns that it comes down for a heal um, so I think I'd, I in most scenarios I'd rather take an endless place form than a chalice right now.
0: Yeah, that's a good that's a good good call. I know that there's been like the Horse stampede and there's been a whole bunch of other ones, but I think the chalice was the one that I always saw a lot. And even actually when I think about it, um, and I, I can't think off the top of my head, if they've changed a lot. But there's a couple of debuff braveries as well, like a couple of uh, endless spells that could help get more of those flare attacks in.
1: Yeah, there was one, uh, the horror gas in two uh, unfortunately yes. in 3.0 they changed the way that that spell works you you it lost the bravery debuff which hurts a little bit
0: which if 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 it was around that probably would work cuz that was probably one of my plays back in the day was I'd have a block of flares you throw down the horror ghast get that minus 1 plus any other ways you can kind of debuff as you said artifacts and things like that and then just roll those 2d6 get into combat you know you don't get the minus you know for being within 3 and you just like scream
1: yeah that was my go-to artifact in 2.0 the grim garland on a terror geist it's a minus two bravery aura around him throw your terror geist in you have some players nearby you're automatically going to be at minus two bravery against like low bravery armies destruction skaven it does a lot of work
0: do you dip into your allies much i remember um the last time i played against flesh heated courts people were allying in things like the and, and this might have changed with Soulblight kind of getting some new keywords and things, but, you know, people used to love, let's say, the um, the corpse cart because the yep. corpse cart used to, and I, I'd have to check the the language now, but it used to only work on death. And, it would, and even, like, the vampire lord used to give, like, plus one attack. It used to work really nicely. Do you touch your ally pool at all?
1: Uh, so, yeah, they changed the corpse cart It's so now it only affect Soulblight units. Um, yeah. Right now, Fletcher Quartz in 3.0 can only ally in with Soulblight. Uh, which is it's there's a lot of potential there. I think some things that uh could be considered for Soul Blade uh for allies is Death Walker zombies have a spot in fleshy records. I'm sorry, my dog's barking right now. That's all right. Uh
0: he agrees. The dog dog agrees yeah. that zombies are the the, the place to be, the nice screen.
1: Yeah, it's twenty bodies uh for I think it's 100- <laughs> a hundred what they don't have a save, so they could be and again you're looking at 95 points for ghouls or 120 points 120 points for 20 zombies a lot more bodies you can get there there's some other interesting things you can do with soul blight heroes um obviously like radicar or belladama those all could be some some good support pieces for that would work well with your courts to try and do what you want to do
0: yeah uh, belladama is a great way to avoid unleash hell being able to like you know cast a spell you know do a wound you've now got a, a little unit of doggos in uh in combat so you can kind of avoid unleash hell then you get in yep. um, and radica kind of is like another version of like the smash bat uh if people don't know the smash bat it used to be is it hello Morn Vargulf you buff him up with uh i can't remember what it was
1: yeah ferocious hunger uh plus d3 that's attacks right. he's got the uh he'd have a billowist decanter he'd get another couple attacks basically it's just a small hero that's going to do a lot of attacks at high damage
0: is there any armies that you struggle with? I know some people are asking me about, you know, how do you handle things like, you know, your you god heroes? But, you know, like, forget them for a second. Let's just talk overall. Like, who are your bad matchups?
1: Gargants are tough um, just because they have, uh, especially if you do, I think it was the Taker Tribe or something that gives the 30 models on objective for a Gargant. That's really, really tough to deal with. Um, you basically got to throw your entire army at one Gargant per turn to be able to grind them down. Um, so that's really, really challenging. Uh, also, Flesh records are pretty uh, uh, not that survivable, so, so di- Giants will do a lot of damage to them. Uh, God heroes are tough too. Um, again, you just got to make sure you're committing the right resources at the right time to kill those. Uh, so Archeon's a challenge. You pretty much got to throw most of your army at it in a single turn to be able to grind it down. And then that's if you're able to kill it. Otherwise, you're you're probably going to lose because Archeon will just kill the rest of your army. Um so, again, I think Fleshier Quartz right now is a, a three and two, maybe two and three army because there's some hard counters that we can't deal with. Shooting is very challenging as well. Uh, there's heavy uh, shooting meta right now against those shooting lists. You, you pretty much want to alpha them to try to get in as soon as possible to lock up those units. Um, it's tough.
0: Would you consider allying in a, uh, with the, the, the fell bats? um because they're they're a perfect little um they're fast they are great to soak up unleash hell and if they die who cares like they just yeah. damage you, they're damaging that's not going into your terror geist.
1: yep that's that's definitely a great play too. um have those little units running around that can soak up that overwatch that can jump on objectives uh again i think fleshier courts really want to be reactive and they want to maintain their mobility and that those fellow bats fit right in with that style yeah. of play
0: like 75 points or something, they can act as a screen. You're not going to give away broken ranks if you need them to run into the backfield. The Soul Savage Spearhead, they're, they're not a lot of models. So, um, you know. Some, some there's some interesting play, I think. You know, even though the Soul Blight has quite, and, and all of the armies have tightened up their language to be battle tome, you know, inclusive, and they don't care about you know grand alliance kind of keywords much these days. That you know, those bats kind of act independently, don't need any love, just send them up the board, and probably works nicely with some of the the, the, shoot, the shooting armies right now, and possibly going to be having more, even more shooting in the meta. Yep. Uh, anything else we want to wait with? I, I want to bring up your list sure. uh, and we'll do it. But before we get there, is anything else we should probably talk about with Feck? I feel like I we've covered a lot of stuff so far about yeah. it's, it's 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 an interesting army, despite how few models you actually have yeah, <laughs> like, you don't a, a have lot a lot of, different of ways to play it is that uh, challenging I, for you like like to not have a lot of options like when something's not working we talked about horrors right now like you know they're not that good there's not a lot of swing that you know there's only so many things you're going to do with your army
1: yeah i think uh it's it's beneficial for newer players for Flesh of course just because there are so few options for models um but there is, I think there still is a lot of flexibility. So the flexibility that you bring with Flesh of Your Course is all of your hero choices. Uh, so you have a ton of heroes. You have way more heroes than you do actual units. Um, but it's beneficial for me as I built my collection. I could build, you know, I know I'm going to need a bunch of players. I know I'm going to need horrors and ghouls. And then from there, it's just picking and choosing what heroes you want to be able to make make the army do what you want it to do. So I think it's for newer players, it's a really easy army to get into.
0: Do you have a favorite hero?
1: Uh, yeah, so I really liked uh, the Crypt Infernal Quartier. Uh, so it's basically just a, he- a hero flare. It's only 130 points. What it does is it unlocks uh, Crypt flares as battle line for any allegiance you pick, even if you're Hollow Morn, even if you're Crystal Gore. Um, so there's a lot of flexibility there. Um, he also musters uh, those flares back, which is really nice. He's got a range attack. Um, he's a pretty good. He's usually my general in all the armies that I play.
0: And I just want to put this out Games Workshop. If you're listening to me, and, and maybe you do, I don't know please sort out this courtier rubbish. Like I'm sick of buying a box of flayers and having to dedicate one to being a courtier or I buy a box of ghouls and I have to dedicate one. Then I have a weird, a weird number of flayers and, and horrors and just make me an underworld's war band that has one of each courtier. I can buy it once. I have all the heroes for my army and then I don't have to break up. Let me just do that for me, please. Like,
1: yeah, please. <laughs> that'd be
0: really nice. <laughs> it's so annoying. So annoying. Yep. Uh, I knew people in flesh of course would appreciate that, but that's genuinely like it's, it annoys me so much. But um as we found out when you went uh with the blackout, here is the list. It is a feast day. You've you've come from the realm of hish. you've gone hold the line. Is that um oh we probably didn't talk about that? Like, is yeah. it, it like grand strategies? Is hold the line the best one for you? Are there other ones you kind of toy between? Like you don't really have, you know, the magic build, you know, like you don't have priests
1: yeah so you uh well you could a couple options for flesh your courts uh if you're running monster heavy you could do Beastmaster, keep your beasts alive uh for this list i w- was split between hold the line and prize sorcery because both your ghoul kings and your arch region are wizards uh so keep one of those alive or keep your battle line alive um yeah so i think Beastmaster, master price sorcery and hold the line are really good options for for battle tactics it just depends on what you want to do uh because we're a relatively squishy army it's what are what are going to be your aggressive models? If you're going to be aggressive with your heroes, you don't want to pick them as your battle tactic to keep them alive. Uh, and I think for right now, for me, I'd rather be more aggressive with my heroes and try to keep my battle line alive, holding those key points.
0: Yes, Defcon, you could just buy the Underworld's Warband for the Courtier, but I'm more talking about the Flayer, the Horror, the other versions of the Courtiers, even like the Ghoul King. Um, I think this is like, give give me some new models. The Vargulf, um, love a new Vargulf. Don't talk about Cursed City, there's a, a sweet-ass Vargulf in there that, you know, nobody can access to, but that's not the point. Um, your list is, I think i think there might be one error in this list, though, just having a look at this really quickly. Um so the mount trait, tool, yeah. Yes, yeah, the double yep. mount trait. You've got to get yourself um, Warlords or Commanding Entourage yep. to get a second mount trait. So just just really quickly, which of the mount trains would you keep versus what what would you drop?
1: so i'd probably keep gruesome bite uh but i think there's a discussion there to be had between gruesome bite and razor clawed for terror guys
0: and Nerg uh, Nerg, oh, i'm trying to pronounce that uh, any reason why you'd go razor clawed over the grim garland mount trait
1: uh the grim garland's actually an artifact it's not a mount trait yeah uh, i thought so yeah
0: <laughs> i thought so like wait a second when did the grim garland become a mount trait all right, back back to the topic. So you've got your Ghoul King on Terror Geist, Amulet of Destiny, which is our five up ward. Yep. You've got Gruesome Bite, and you've got Spectral Host. You've got another Terror Geist. Let's ignore the Mount trait, but it's got Flaming Weapon, which is a universal spell. Yep. You got yourself Deranged Transformation coming out of the um out the Arch Regent. You've got yourself a Crypt Infernal Courtier, which is the General, um, and it has the Dark Host Command Trait, which is Oh no, you get to choose this one.
1: Yep. So this I was uh, say is... makes them a wizard and gives him a spell choice.
0: Ah, then nice. Uh you got three units of five flayers, one unit of 20 crypt uh, crypt ghouls. You've gone the battle regiment, so it's a two drop. Um so obviously only one of the terror geists is in the battle regiment, one is the other drop. Um, if we wanted the second mount trait, we'd have to go warlord right. or something. And uh, you've got 97 wounds which is pretty decent in age sigma three it's not the highest not the lowest it's a good amount of wounds um obviously you're having the regeneration as well but um that's two drops one nine nine five so you're unlikely to get your your, your triumph but if you do it's bloodthirsty
1: yep uh so a couple things here so it is only 97 wounds uh, but you got to think about there's the potential to summon in three units with this list right so the two ghoul kings as well as the arch regent can summon in so you're looking at summoning in what's it, 36 more wounds if you're picking flayers or horrors to bring those in
0: the four wounds apiece you get to yep. bring in three
1: yep three units of three I oh,
0: yeah, so, so the, 12 the ghoul, 24 36 yeah. and then obviously the regeneration of coming back from the courtier Yep. yeah uh, Ludo, we've already just we've already just said that we can't have a second mount trait without an extra um, battalion. So we just literally said scrap the razor clawed, but let's pretend it's not there. Let's pretend it was my in- input error. So only one mount trait, which is on the general, no, not on the general, the the first terrorgeist. Anyway, Will, talk to me about why did you build this this way? Why the double terrorgeists? Uh, because for me, like, why why not a why not a zombie dragon?
1: Yeah. So I, I think. Again, we've talked about it earlier, but I think the army lacks high rends uh, output. So you really got to focus on those mortal wounds. And those are born ghoul kings on terror guys have the flat six mortal wounds on their bite attacks. It's just a huge threat. They're able to delete units or delete those key pieces. I have two of them because you're going to have to deal with two. And uh, I usually run them together. So you're going to have two of those big mobile threats running up the board that can have a pretty good chance of deleting something uh, that they get in combat with. Uh, from there, I, I I think the Oborn Arch Regents and auto-include, uh, just because it's a two-cast wizard, its spell is amazing. Uh, Ferocious Hunger, uh, I think it's cast on a six, and you give a unit plus D3 yeah. attacks. Now think about that on a Terror Geist. So suddenly you're going to get D3 attacks to all of their uh, profiles, uh, and then that includes the Bite attack as well. Uh, so and it's a-, a
0: very generous range, two of 24 inches of the cast. Yeah. It is wholly within. But when you notice the the uh, what a twenty four inch bubble looks like on the smaller tables, it's most of the board. Yeah, it's twenty four inches is a lot of the board.
1: If that arch region is in the middle of the board, you're pretty much going to be able to touch the whole board with that spell.
0: Yeah, like it's very, it's very generous, very generous. Um, I, I look, I really like the arch region as well. Sit it, you know, sit it on top of the um, the channel throne right at the start. Get yourself those three knives, that nice three knights, those 20 serfs, or that one courtier, and then you know, keep it up on the board, trying to find that arcane terrain, you know, take yeah. advantage of the magic. I think you know, being able to use arcane, not arcane bolts, uh, mystic shield, or what have you given it, uh, deranged transformation?
1: Yep, to give more mobility to the flares of the ghouls. Uh, I think, uh, for the charnel throne, too, now it's a, in 3.0, it's garrisonable. So you could garrison mm-hmm. your arch region in there at the start of the game as well.
0: And for anyone who hasn't really looked at the garrisoning rules, what does that do for you?
1: So you're going to have minus one to hit and a plus one to save. And then it also it makes your, uh, you measure range from the base of your charnel throne. So it expands his range by a couple inches as well.
0: And I think Jonathan's uh, asked a question that's a bit of a loaded question. I think we both know the answer to this one, but do you always use your uh, your your charnel throne?
1: So when I remember to bring it to tournaments, I always put it down. Uh, I think to answer your question, though, I always deploy with it. Uh, if you handicap yourself by ha- wanting to have your Arch Regent next to your throne until you do the summon for free, I think you're missing out on a lot of different plays that you could do over the course of the day. And that Arch Regent can be very influential because it, he does have a lot of wounds. Uh, he does have a lot of attacks. He regens three wounds. Um, so I, to answer your question, no, I don't always use the free summon on the throne with the arch regent, it kind of depends on what my opponent's doing and where I need that arch Regent. So I, I, especially in a feast day list where you have those, you're not spending those command points on feeding frenzy. You have some more flexibility to, yep, I'll, I'll take the hit. I'll spend the command point in the arch regent to do my summon, even though he's not near the throne, because that's where I need him to be.
0: Interesting. Because my experience against players have always been that arch Regent hugs the channel throne. Like, it, it's like it's second home. Like it never leaves. It is always sitting on top. Garrison or no Garrison. Um, if it happens, yeah, like that, that is my experience. So the fact that you don't always do it and you're running him around the board just being an, a, a nightmare, um, it's a, an interesting play. Because that's predictable
1: for your opponent too. If you see an arch region in a throne, you're, reasonable chance that he's going to stay on that throne. It, it, gets, it's, it gets nice to be able to move him around and do unexpected things with him. Because he can fly too.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, you know, he's got a 4-up armor save as well, which is awesome if you need um, all that defense or you you put him on, as you said, the Garrisonable Channel Throne. You know, all of a sudden, you're on a 3-up armor save, so that's pretty durable for for you. Yeah, very. It's super durable for Flesh Eater, of course. Like, if you yeah, say there's 3-up the armor save... Um, yeah. Uh, and, and War Machine, I have no idea why Surf's is a key word. Like I don't feel like they've ever done much with it, other than some very basic stuff in the in the book.
1: Yeah, for it's me, I, yeah. I picture it as a lore piece, right? If you think back to Bretonians and in the lore, Bretonians may be turned into flesh eater courts. You had your serfs, your peasants, then you also had your knights, which were your horrors and flayers, and your peasants were the serfs.
0: By the way, I do like that you are the only flesh eater courts player I know. That we always joke about, you know, Fleshtaker Courts being Bretonia ha <laughs> ha ha, very funny. You're actually the only person I know who have actually made the leap from Bretonia to Fleshtaker Courts. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I tried to model
1: to my model my units based on that motif as well. So my mounted heroes have Bretonian motifs thrown in. So,
0: yeah, I dig it. I, a lot of my Fleshtaker Courts are all converted from the empire so like they're like you know i've even got like a a musician i've got a standard bearer i've got little helmets kind of melted onto them like i've got awesome. uh free guild general you know i don't know if you know the free guild general on griffin has like a big like armor plate yep. all of my terror guys have like an armor plate with oh, the that's awesome. that's thing. Really so good i have i've gone into like the the you know the, the, the knights of the flesh eater courts um, so you've got your Terror Guys, you've got your Arch Regent, um, the Courtier, obviously, we talked a little bit about. And, you know, the, we, we, you know, would you add a Vargulf into this list, or is it because it's not a Hallow Morn that you wouldn't tap into the Vargulf?
1: So I think uh, a Vargulf does everything better than a Crypt Infernal Courtier. It's a little bit more points. What a Vargulf does not do for this list is it doesn't unlock Flares as battle line. So if I replace the infernal courtier with a vargulf, I'd have to take all ghouls as battle line, which I don't really want to do.
0: So this was in um, a, a blister it, skin. That's that's that was yeah. what I wanted to say. If this is a blister skin and you didn't have to unlock Flayers as battle line, yeah, you might go from the courtier to the vargulf. Yep. But because you need the battle line if we've got to go the courtier. Yep. Cool. Cool. Oh, That makes sense. That makes sense. I just, I, I really like the Vargulf. I think it's got some good things, especially if you throw Flaming Weapon on it, and you just yeah. run up, it just smashes things. Um, And it's not a lot of points as well, right?
1: Right. It's 160 points versus 130 yeah. points for the Crypt Infernal.
0: And if people ignore it, well, guess what? You get like you get kicked in the groin. Um, yeah, if and you, it can muster you back
1: anything. It,
0: yes. I, I, that's what I love about the Vargulf, is that they've got the flexibility to support the Knights or the Serfs.
1: And if you and I actually played this yesterday, if you want a vargulf in this list, you can use your born archregent summon to get a vargulf in. So I had an good occasion roll. yesterday where I lost ten ghouls and around a round of combat, I brought a vargulf in immediately, mustered back six
0: ghouls. That's good. I like that. You got your three units of three flayers. We've already talked a lot about flayers—a screaming attack. You've gone yep. three as opposed to six because the one-inch attacks um, don't. Don't lead well to going large blocks, despite what we used to do in 2B, which is like blocks of sixes and blocks of nines. If you do sixes and nines, it just means you're losing a lot of combat attacks and you're going to really do a lot of damage from your shooting. Um, At least, you know, like bringing them back would be good from sixes and nines, but I think there's a lot of you lose a lot with the one inch.
1: Yep, I think so too. And then also, it's a lot of points. So there are 180 points. You start getting two. Now you're at 360. Uh, start getting three. You're at 540. That's a a lot of points to sink into one unit.
0: It's a big tar pit. Like if you have a big block of flayers, you you're you're taking them not as the combat or horrors. You're doing like a really big tar pit, and you just keep bringing them back and you know denying them from scoring the battle tactic or the grand strategy or even scoring an objective potentially, but is it worth what a block of nine is almost 600 points, right? Right. That's, that's Marathi. Like, would you, yeah. would you drop 600 points for like a nine, nine, you can't even get the most of them in combat? Probably not.
1: And I think this army already struggles with low model count and objective control. And you start sinking that many points in one unit. You're already, you're probably going to take a terror guys. That's almost 500 points right there. So now you start to have, if you have two terror guys and nine players, that's uh, three quarters of your army. There's not a lot left to, to move around with.
0: Well, that could be a non-hero terrorgeist. That could just be a yeah. flat-out terrorgeist, you know, just acting independently, uh, running around, just doing mortals on sixes.
1: Yep. Yeah. So... Piling and attacking <laughs> twice near a hero.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a bit of a no-brainer. And unfortunately, it's just that that's where your damage is coming from. You know, if you did go from um, battle regiment, you'd probably go warlords to get yourself the extra command yep. uh, like artifact, or you would get yourself the mount trait, get yourself. Extra spell, whatever it might be, you know. We talked a little bit about, you know, if you're going down the terror terrorgeist route, maybe alpha beast pack. Um, I could see maybe like a one drop with alpha, like a, we'll go battle regiment plus. To go three drops, you could do that. Could work. Yep.
1: Yeah, alpha gives you that d six move before the before the game starts, so you can get your. But those are only unmounted terror geist or unmounted yes. zombie dragons, so you can get them in. You get them in better position. Or move them over to screen or something like that. What we haven't talked about um, is how the new command abilities interact with Flesh eater courts. So I think that there's a huge, a couple of huge benefits here. So difference from two to three is uh, now we have unit champs that can issue command abilities, which is huge, right? Uh, so uh, I think Unleash Hell is really good for a Terror Geist, for Flayers. Um, so now you're going to be unleashing Hell doing your bravery-based attack. And you don't have, you don't roll the hits. So you're not worried about the minus one to hit
0: correct you couldn't care less
1: exactly so that that's a play uh i think redeploy is very very good with fleshier courts um especially against those uh god melee heroes that you don't want to be in for example Gotrek. uh I mean, redeploy is gonna be strong against Gotrek wherever but uh you're able to kite because this army is very fast you're able to kite around kite around certain units and that redeploy helps a lot uh then all yeah, well, attack on and any, any any units really good on flares in particular now you're hitting on threes instead of fours that's awesome uh save stacking uh you're already only at five up saves for most of your units bringing that down to four is huge
0: and if you find that you don't need the or well, your two drops in this list but the other play could possibly be putting your flayers into hunters of the heartland yep. so they can't be roared at which means you can still use all that attack or any any uh, Command phase based command ability. That's probably one of the risks, right? You come in towards my monster, I roar at those flayers. Yep. They don't get unleashed. Are they all out attack?
1: Yeah, that's, that's definitely a play too. I would probably be more inclined to do that with a larger squad of flayers if I went down that road or a larger uh, squad. And Jonathan,
0: and Jonathan, we've already talked about the mercenary. I think the mercenary uh, mega gargant works quite nicely. It takes away points from the terror Geist, not necessarily the battle line. So, uh, it actually was one of the lists that Will sent me actually two lists. I've only got one of them up here on the screen. The other one was with the, the Mega, with the um, the Gatebreaker. And I think it brings in the Ren, the high attacks, brings a lot of wounds in. So it's a nice little play if you want to go the Mega route.
1: Yeah, I ran one RTT with the Mega, Mounted Geist, Unmounted Terrorgeist, and Grislegore, um, an Arch Region, and then some Ghouls. I think I had two squads of 20 Ghouls and one squad of 10. Um, to give you kind of that that border control on those key points.
0: Anything you've kind of learned from from third edition? Like I know there's a couple of things when I was reading third edition for the first time, I had a, a whole bunch of theories that I wanted to test, and there were some things that that turned out the way I expected, and some th- some things I didn't anticipate, or even some things that I over expected the impacts for. Is there anything in particular that you've kind of learned isn't as important, or is even more important with flesh eater courts and three e
1: yeah, so the my big takeaway going from second to third with Records. Quartz, uh, second edition, Fleshier Records wants to be an aggressive army, it's fast, it's got uh, good movement, it's got a lot of mortal wound output, you have an uh, opportunity to really, especially with going for that double turn, to wipe your opponent out in one or two turns. Um, transitioning to 3.0, uh, it's not about killing your opponent, it's about playing to the mission, scoring those primaries, scoring your battle tactics, scoring your grand strategy. So for me, it was a big transition to n- try to n- not be that aggressive. I want to make sure I'm taking it my time, make sure I'm playing each round uh, to uh, maximize my point scoring ability. And so, most of the time, that doesn't mean killing your opponent. So that was a Does big ch- transition for me.
0: Does that change, though, when you're dealing with bow snakes, shooty shitty orcs, shooty elves? Does that change that, like, I actually now need to be aggressive, otherwise I'm just going to be shot off the board?
1: Yep, so it it depends on the army that you're playing again. You really want to make sure that you understand what your opponent does to be able to make that decision. Do I need to go straight at him, or can I afford to be cagey uh, for a couple turns?
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think, you know, that was the point that I wanted to make, is that, you know, the, the Will isn't saying... Don't be aggressive in turn one. But if you know, you've got to pick your battles. There are some things, you know, those bow snakes are going to want to shoot you twice and they'll take off some of those really key heroes. And they don't care about the minus ones they hit because they just go they're just fishing for mortal wounds. And there'll be enough mortal wounds um to, to you know, or your lumineth archers doing mortals on fives from a block of 30, um, or you're doing big damage from those big um killer bows from the auric war clans, they'll take down a terror geist to turn with they will. They'll just delete your, your your monsters. In that case, you've got to go up. You need to engage them. You need to get rid of them quick. But in a lot of the cases, yeah, you don't want to get into combat early because there's a lot of battle tactics that you can score early. And you just, like, tag the objective, start the scoring process, but, you know, start setting yourself up for turn three to five.
1: Yeah, and against shooting lists too, you get got to remember your summons. So if they deploy poorly and it's a shooting list, you can burn all your summons first turn, throw a couple of units in their backfield. Then they have to shoot at those units while you're moving out the rest of your army or ignore them, and then you're potentially locking them in
0: combat. Yeah, while you start controlling the middle of the board. Right. Anything else from 3E that, you know, you're, you're, you're now building around or, you know, different thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think it's just trying to, again, I think of Flesh Eater Courts now as that scalpel. So it's really just trying to, discipline myself to be able to set up those trades really well and make good decisions about what I'm committing to and what I'm able to hold back from.
0: What What are some of the things that you consider when you're making trades?
1: Uh, so I want to consider what turn it is. I want to consider what I hope to accomplish. So basically most lists are going to have a couple big threats. Um, you have to identify what you're not able to deal with and then evaluate whether it's worth throwing away your key damage pieces to deal with that. The other thing I consider is, have I done my summons on my heroes yet? If I haven't, I might be a little bit more either want to do that summon or hold them back until I can get that summon off because that's a big chunk of your points. You have a 440 point model that's bringing in 180 points, 160 points. You want to be able to get that summon off.
0: Does that mean that you are more likely to go second than first just to fish to that extra command point?
1: Yep. So I, I get in against every list except for really heavy shooting list that can hit me turn one so your, your lumineth lists i, I usually want to go second <clears throat> so i'm able to react to the opponent and also get that chance of that double turn as well which is huge
0: yeah no i i can see that because you do need the cp you're quite hungry for the cp yep. uh, a lot of ways to use it in your army but you know how you get that is going to be challenging uh and i think i definitely see especially you know going second is always a really good choice um unless obviously you need it right like like I think I think my default right now is to go second unless I see a really good use case to go first but it takes time for you to get comfortable to give away the turn I think most people when they win the priority role they want to take it because they don't they're not comfortable with the 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 defensive mindset of I'm I can give it away and I'm confident that my army could survive whatever they throw at me. Question from Jonathan, maybe to kind of bring this home. And uh, although James is saying that he is running a block of six horrors, and he loves that they can't, they can re-roll failed hit rolls as well. It's not a bad little rule. Yeah, um, if they're
1: near a born hero.
0: But but I think the question is, you're not getting all six in. I think that's that's my issue with horrors is that it's good in theory, but you're actually really only getting in three, maybe four at most. Yeah. But to Jonathan's last point, and we'll kind of bring things home and wrap things up, is there anything that you'd like to see in an updated Flesh Eater Colts book? Because you are probably in line. You're probably middle of the pack, maybe closer to the front.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think think the book is still really solid. Um, I'd like to see some War Scrolls uh, tweaked a little bit here and there. I think we're lacking a lot of rents, especially on those horrors to make them viable. Uh, I think the points values are in a good spot right now. Really, it's just tweaking those War Scrolls a little bit. dealing with the attacks the and the rents. I'd like to see Mortal Wounds on Horrors as well to make them more viable, <clears throat> or at least something to to justify taking them, especially because you can't get more than three or four in.
0: I wouldn't mind seeing a rule like the Stormcast have with the storm drake Guard, where the, the dragons have a coherency of three inches and not one. I wouldn't mind seeing Flayers, yeah. maybe not Horrors, but Flayers having, even if it was a two-inch coherency as opposed to a one-inch. You know, spreading out a little bit. You know, I I imagine them. I don't know. That's kind of how I just imagine them. I,
1: yeah, that'd be that'd be really nice, especially because we all have those bigger models for the horrors and flares, so be able to get two inch coherency maybe.
0: Yeah, something like that. That's what I like. Um, I think flesh eater gods overall good. Give me more reasons to run zombie dragons though. I do have. Yeah. I built. I bought four start collecting boxes i have three terror geists and one zombie dragon because back in the day when i got them in first edition i had a battalion called the royal menagerie which was based around that was the og grizzle gore og grizzle gore and i always hated it because they were never battle line so i still always had to fill in my ghouls as battle line which means i never had the right points to do what i wanted to do but I did build the, um, the the Ghoul King on Zombie Dragon for its royal blood to do some healing, and then it would like support the terror geists. But so now it can bloody heal on itself with a heroic action, so yeah. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, Zombie Dragon stuff. It's got the malefic, uh, malefic Hunger, which is the plus one to wound aura, which is really, really nice. Um, but again, I just think the terror geist does everything better than a Zombie Dragon. The one play with a zombie dragon is that with the right mount trait, you can deep strike it, which is nice to have that zombie dragon show up unexpectedly. Um, but I think just right now we need the output from the terror guys rather than the zombie dragons.
0: I do like the shooting attack from the zombie dragon. It's just that when I look at the trade-off between the shooting attack from the zombie dragon or the more attacks from the terror guys, the terror guys the, the attacks is, is, is night and day what you want. Yeah. And the last thing you want to do as well, like you do a breath weapon against an opponent, then they start pulling models out that makes the charge even harder. I'm yep. going to spend a, a command point to reroll that charge or I fail it altogether. Um, I have to tell I just hold back on the breath attacks. I just don't want to kill a model, unless it's obviously a, a hero. Like I'm okay to kill that. Yeah. But...
1: Or there are ways you can breath attack the thing you're not charging to.
0: Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Screen <laughs> that, that that, stuff. yeah, that also that also makes sense. But, Will, uh, I know it's quite early for you. Is there anything else you want to kind of say before I kind of bring this home? Um, I, was- I, I I like what you've said. I think it's given some some new ideas. I think definitely the Flayer and the Terror Geist are definitely the stronger. I would agree with that.
1: No, I, I really enjoy the opportunity to be able to chat with you this morning. It's been a very pleasant experience.
0: Oh, well, thank you. I'm glad. Please uh, make sure to give me a five-star rating on whatever f- food app delivery service uh, I'm on. But no, sure. look, it's it's been good, Will. Um, uh, is there is there any way if people want to talk to you and uh, chat lists, are you in like a fleshy to Courts group, are you on Twitter? Or are you, uh, yeah. I only know your Facebook. I'm not going to give you Facebook details yeah. around. Uh,
1: I'm on the, in the fleshy Eater Courts uh, Facebook group. I don't remember the exact group name, but I'm
0: on there. As I don't know, like Age of Sigma, Fleshhead, yeah, they're Quartz. they're they're a good group. Um, yeah, I, uh, we shout out to them, and um, yeah. Well, and get, all right.
1: Well, people are welcome to message me on Facebook too.
0: Uh, well, I'm not going to give you details that You get like a hundred friends requests, and yeah, uh, if, if you've got a partner, they might get a bit jealous. You're like, why is it? Why are you getting all these friend requests? Who are these people? What do they want?
1: Or not? I don't know. Yeah, I do. <laughs> she might all be right. uh, jealous of my time.
0: Right. We're getting a bit weird in this grand delusion. Uh, Will, absolute legend. Thank you for your time. Enjoy your Sunday. Uh, Let me know, folks, what you think about Flea Shit Accords. How are you building it? Are you in the horrors and you like horrors and what, what we've said you don't agree with? Maybe there's some secret list tech that I and Will are not looking at. Because I see right now, horrors for me, I wouldn't run them. I just wouldn't run them right now that if there's some zombie dragon list tech as well and you think that that we are missing something, let us know, comment section, do the thing, like, subscribe, hashtag. Will, you're a legend. Thanks for your time. Enjoy the appreciate rest of your morning. It. Thanks folks for joining in. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video, as well as let me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below.